0: Welcome to Deeply Curious. My name is Cody Jensen and joining me in our New York City studio apartment is my wife, Sarah. Hello. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about art versus the artist. Okay. Can you separate the two? Do they come as a package deal? Do the views of the artist matter if the art is great? Yeah. But before we jump into the conversation, I just want to let you guys know that this podcast is sponsored and brought to you by hint.co slash Curious betterhelp.com slash jensen and by our new merch shop.codyjensen.com hint is a flavored water company and they make like fruit flavor infused water with zero sugar zero sweetener just zero everything it's 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 water
1: delicious water (laughs)
0: and it doesn't taste like tap water yeah tastes like uh i'm drinking cherry sparkling water Sarah's drinking blackberry sparkling water. Sarah's more of a still girl. I am. Um, and she loves the apple crisp.
1: Yes. Mm. I'm
0: more of a sparkling guy. Um, <laughs> I've been saying that, that peach is my favorite.
1: Mm-hmm. I've
0: actually changed my mind. Oh. I think the strawberry kiwi is actually my favorite.
1: Really? Yes, I, I've,
0: uh, I've flipped and I've flopped. Yeah. If you want to check out Hint Water, you can do that by going to hint.co slash deeply curious. Okay. Jumping into this, uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. So you and I have been talking about this. I mean, we've talked about this a lot actually. Yeah. About, um, just the, the conversation, I think the originally, the reason we had it is because of the Me Too movement mm-hmm.
1: and because
0: of these, um, artists, these actors, um, these men mm-hmm. being, um, you know, stories, uh, or allegations, I guess, brought against them of sexual misconduct, sexual abuse, mm-hmm. and um, sexual harassment. And then knowing and liking mm-hmm. what they, you know, did, the, the acting they did, the art that they made, it happened to reconcile
1: mm-hmm. with
0: that of, okay.
1: The big one for me was Kevin Spacey.
0: Yes, yes. exactly. I
1: had a really hard time with that. I,
0: I think we were both kind of in denial at first.
1: I was, yeah. I was acting. I was sad more mm-hmm. than before I was like mad about it. I, I was sad for several days. <sighs> I was like, not Kevin Spacey. I was so sad about it. Yeah. And then you have to ask yourself, like, does that discredit his work? You know, there was that whole conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the answer, but. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I, and I think this is an interesting conversation. I mean, especially just to have between us because... I mean, we do bring obviously two perspectives of Mm -hmm. um, a white woman and Mm -hmm. a white man, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then we also have, I mean, the perspective, I guess, I would say we're both like feminist in the fact that we both obviously believe that women deserve equal rights in all ways. Right. So, you know, we agree with the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. and i i don't right even i don't, even, I don't, even, I don't even understand how you would disagree with the me too movement but right. it just you know throwing that out there that i mean like we welcome right. the me too movement but at the same time ha, like just trying to figure out our feelings on the art left behind right. like the the man i mean it right. did what he did it right. deserves the you know punishment that you know, is, is, uh, determined in a court of law. Absolutely. Um, but the art that that man left behind is like, now what do I feel?
1: Right. And I think that like, it's not even about, well, okay. Maybe it's always, it's always like controversial, I guess, or, you know, yeah, controversial, but polarizing, but it's not even necessarily about, oh, what did the guy or the artist do so wrong. You know, like who did they violate? Who? What did they do? Because I am probably going to get a lot of hate about saying this out <laughs> loud. I feel this way about Kanye West.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I have a really hard time with um, Kanye. I don't know. I, I just, obviously he's some sort of genius. He's obviously wildly unpredictable and um can do some stuff sometimes that is just out of left field and like a lot of stuff that I don't really I feel I don't even know how to explain it I just I feel ugh about mm-hmm. it like I feel like I don't know that's not good like <laughs> there's something about what he does and most of the things that he tweets and <laughs> mm-hmm. whatever that I feel very like iffy about. And so I have a hard time like with his music. I, I don't really listen to him. And it's mostly because I don't know how I feel about him as a person. Um, but I don't want to discredit his art, but then at the same, it's, it's wildly confusing. Okay, I don't so know.
0: My question on, he, on this one yeah, is, so you're saying you don't enjoy his art because you don't enjoy the man.
1: I guess so.
0: Okay, so, um, my kind of question in that is why or what is different? What what makes you feel differently mm-hmm. about Kanye than like Kevin Spacey? Because you still enjoy um, Kevin Spacey's wor- you know work,
1: right? Like I loved House of Cards, yeah.
0: and like you I'm, here. Well, I guess here is my question. I want to put words in your mouth. Would you mm-hmm. go back and watch seasons one, two, and three of House of Cards?
1: Probably, I mean I don't know, but probably yes. Okay,
0: so just with that sentiment, yeah. like, Why? Well, do you, why is Kanye separate? You know, then, I don't.
1: Then? I don't know. Here's the thing. Um, I used to be a fan of Kanye. Like, uh, Eight Hundred Eight and Heartbreak. Freaking love that album. Like, I I was a fan of Kanye, but then so
0: you miss the old Kanye.
1: Yeah, I do. <laughs> I miss the old Kanye, and like I am all for it's not about his art, because I don't think his art is any less art. Like, I think, um, like, I'm all for artists progressing and for doing new things and weird things and cool things and whatever, like, all about that. But there's something about, I don't know, the way he, and maybe, ugh, see, I don't know, because I was gonna say maybe it's the way he he went through those couple of years of just like complete disrespect of anybody and everybody, and and just like did some crazy stuff, right? But like, obviously, Kevin Spacey, for example, <laughs> did not do great things.
0: <laughs> and and I want to jump in here and say, did way worse things. Oh, Kanye right. is not even oh, right. Has not he's even even, he's not he, been Yeah, anybody. he's not been accused of any sort of sexual misconduct. You're right. you were saying just. Kanye is a, or I mean, basically comes off as an ass.
1: Yeah, like
0: just it. it this is
1: very. I I don't know what it yeah, is about. Just him.
0: I don't know, pompous like, have, possibly misogynistic. Like I don't know, like don't know. just like. But anyways, I just want yeah. to clarify there that Kanye is not even in the same category. Oh,
1: okay, uh, right. As yes. Oh, definitely not like in the like same category Spacey or anything like that. But let's. You know, you asked if I would go back and watch House mm-hmm. of Cards. I would go back and listen to 808s. I love that album.
0: Okay. So maybe the new... Then then I almost feel like your problem with Kanye isn't necessarily that you think he's a jackass. It's more so that you just don't like his new music and you think he's a jackass. No,
1: it's not that.
0: Because what if he was it's still... It's not his
1: music. I'm turned off of his art because of him.
0: But what if he was still making eight weights and heartbreak
1: i'm turned off of his art because of him okay. i would venture. i have not listened to his new stuff obviously because mm-hmm. I, I i just can't get behind kanye right now um but every single person i know freaking loves kanye and that's fine you're allowed to um i would venture to guess his new stuff is just as like interesting if not I don't know what word to use, but, like, let's just say is as... in. I mean, I've heard a few of his newer songs, and I like what I've heard. I'm not interested in listening to Kanye. I'm turned off of his art because of him. I don't know what that means.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, your aversion, I guess, Yeah. to Kanye is not what baffles me or, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm questioning. Right. It's more so... What is the difference? Right. You know, because you're turned off of Kanye because of the man, but you are not turned off of, okay, so let's pick somebody else because since we already said Kevin Spacey, like, um, okay, so Steve Jobs. Right. You know, I would say that um, both of us, you know, especially me, mm-hmm. like, hold Steve Jobs in, like, a, um, an inspiration, a yeah, hero-type hero. category, yet- Steve Jobs was never known.
1: Yeah, he was notoriously a bad
0: to person. <laughs> yeah, you know, to be you know a nice guy. Right. Like he would fit into the Kanye category of a jackass. Right. Like he didn't a, treat his
1: family well. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, he came around in the end to right. be more of a family man. But like his legacy that he left, you know, besides product, like right. leaving Apple aside, the legacy of a of the man he was uh, on a personal level is not. Great. great. It's very tarnished. Yeah. Um, so, with that being said, mm-hmm. you obviously enjoy Apple products. Obviously. Um, you obviously enjoy the, I not even the product of the man, but the words of the man.
1: Right. He was a genius. He revolutionized our entire world, and he had really great things to say about it. Mm-hmm. That's just the truth. Um, but... He obviously wasn't a family man. Like mm-hmm. he, he wasn't a, like, like you said, his legacy is tarnished in that aspect. Um, I don't know. I think that's just the question we're asking though, right? We're asking like, can you accept the art, but not the artist? Mm-hmm. Cause that's a, it's an argument that a lot of people use. Like another good example is, um, Chris Brown, Like, after the whole Rihanna situation, like, everyone was talking about, like, you need to leave Chris Brown, don't listen to his music, you know, all this stuff because of what it represents. Um, But the question is, which I have... Okay, I'm not trying to get in any fights here. Like, I have no preference on if you listen to Chris Brown or not. Like, I don't know. Unless
0: you say that you like good music, then you probably shouldn't listen to Chris Brown. (laughs) Right. But if you just say... I don't care what I listen to. I just listen to things. Right. Yeah. There's no fight there.
1: Yeah. Um, And so, but a lot of people argue, like, if you support his music, you're supporting an abuser, you know? Um, And I just think that's an interesting question because in a way you are, you're paying him. You know, he's mm-hmm. getting paid for however many streams he has or, you know, whatever it is. Like, if you go see a Kevin Spacey movie, then you're paying
0: right, because his he, salary. He's still like, yeah, because like Kevin Spacey is still going to get residuals right. from, from movies. Things, yeah. Like, even though he may not be booked for any future gig, right. he could still make millions and millions of dollars right. from his past work Correct. if people watch it.
1: Yeah. So uh, in a way you are supporting that, I guess. Um, but the, I, I think the question is maybe um, not, can you support the art, but not the artist. But I think, you know, it's not, maybe it's not necessarily about like, can you separate the art from the artist, but what is the artist's responsibility in the art Maybe. I don't know. Because you're, but you're still supporting the artist if you support their art. And if they're a terrible person, you're supporting a terrible person. So I don't know. But can you still appreciate the art that they create even mm-hmm. though – I mean, not every single person is going to be like this wildly healthy, extremely um, civil, <laughs> whatever right. word you want to – they're not going to be this like – nice person, mm-hmm. right? And definitely not 100% of the time. Like, everybody has problems. It just depends on what yours is. So, is that okay?
0: I feel like this, this statement I'm going to make is multifaceted because I understand there is this side of it of, you know, abusers. And the right. and Me Too, you know, guys. Um, but I'm I'm going to paint this with a broad brush of just you know, boycotting and all that type of stuff, it's if you boycott everything that you disagree with, then you boycott everything because there is not one other person or one other corporation or one other piece of art in this entire world Mm -hmm. that agrees with you 100%. Right. So you might as well go live in a cave by yourself with Mm -hmm. only mirrors because- you may not even agree with the rock wall, like at some point, (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's so if, if you live your life only participating and, you know, I guess, uh, not supporting, but only purchasing or, or listening to, or enjoying anything from people that, you know, you agree with, then you can't enjoy anything. Right. I mean, we are married. We've been married for almost 10 years now. Mm -hmm. We spend all of our waking hours with each other. And yet there is not only a few things, there are tons of things that we do not agree on. Right. Like there's no way that two human beings could possibly agree 100%. So if you are going to boycott, you might as well boycott everything. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we were having this conversation earlier with one of our friends about this type of thing, like with the Chick-fil-A, you know, scandal or whatever, a few years ago. Um, there are some groups that are the, like very much outraged and against right. the actions of the CEO uh, of Chick fil A. And then there are some groups that well, I would put myself in that's like, I mean, I don't agree with all of this person's views.
1: But they but make I, delicious. But fries. I don't, I
0: don't care. Like, yeah. I, 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 and then there's other people who agree with the views, but more so, I'm going to stick with my view, like, I guess, give my perspective of, I don't care. Like, because I am a consumer Mm -hmm. and I'm going to basically eat what I like and purchase what I like Mm
2: -hmm.
0: to a certain point, as long as, you know, actually, I think that is even, so as I was speaking, something went through my mind of, I say that yet- I don't purchase from certain companies because I don't want to support certain things. Right. Um, like I, ne- I have not shopped at Walmart in forever
2: mm-hmm.
0: because I don't. I don't really like, you know, what Walmart does. I don't like their business practices mm-hmm. and um, the basically the way they treat their employees.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I guess I guess the way that, that I look at that is. There is a difference between, or maybe there's not. Maybe you can, you mm-hmm. know, question me on this. My views would be there's a difference between directly contributing to, you know, uh, shopping at a place where my shopping is contributing to the uh, mount malt- mistreatment mm-hmm. of the employees of that organization mm-hmm. um, versus. Shopping at a place that has very good, like, right? You know that people love working at yeah. Chick Fil A, um, and they obviously have great like product and, um, customer and customer service, and like they're they have a mission of love. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's the, <laughs> the other side of that. that you know you could say, well, I mean, not all love, mm-hmm. um, but you know, they're they do like they just they show, as a business as a as a business, yeah. Not what the, what the, you know, the person at the head, but the business itself has portrayed itself as something that is, you know, cares about people. Right. And I feel like, so I feel like that was a, that was a very clumsy way of getting to what I'm saying, but you know, there's, I don't know. I just feel like there's a difference between the views of a person who may be in charge or may like represent, I guess like the company and what the company is actually doing.
1: Okay. But so if we take that, the views of the person Mm -hmm. of the artist and their direct art, what do you think? Because taking business out of it, taking Mm -hmm. the company out of it, it is an artist with, and their direct product is their art. You know, it's the thing they support, the thing they believe in, the thing they feel, whatever. So, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you don't support them as a person, can you not support their art?
0: So I I would look at it this way. Mm -hmm. Supporting them as a person, um, you know, would be like purchasing something that they make contributes to their livelihood. If I purchase said thing and their livelihood is doing harm
1: to Mm -hmm. others,
0: Mm -hmm. that's whenever I would, you know, cross the, basically cross the line or, I mean.
1: That's when it gets gray. That's,
0: well, not even gray. That's where I would stop. Like, I, I will not contribute to furthering this person's, uh, whatever.
1: So we can't ever watch Kevin Spacey again is what you're saying.
0: um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know how I feel about that because Kevin Spacey is not actively, I guess, isn't like actively. Mm-hmm. He is no longer um, abusing people. Right. So, if I watch like season right, because then you have cards, to ask like where like
1: where the process of redemption like can people come back from? Right. Which I believe they can. Yeah,
0: I believe all people can change. Yeah. And. I also believe in forgiveness, and I believe that if
1: I believe in justice too just you yeah, know, let's throw that out there.
0: well, yes, I believe in justice and that you know, but I also believe in redemption,
1: yeah, for sure, okay, so you think that you can like support the art but not the artist?
0: I don't know, I mean I think I I entered into this conversation thinking that absolutely, yeah. You can, you can, okay, not, I think that you can like art and not like the artist.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate, I can appreciate art. I mean, art is art, regardless of who created it. Like art is subjective. Every piece of art is subjective. Mm -hmm. So I think that appreciating art and liking art, whatever, like, okay, fine. Like, I, I mean, it's subjective. That's the whole point of art. But I think that's different. To me, that's different than supporting.
0: Yeah. I mean, that- I, yeah, I, I do agree because I I think where I get tied up in, in that conversation and in, in the question
2: mm-hmm. is
0: the word support because I don't support like, I guess like, because I guess that, that word means different things. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess by buying fries at Chick-fil-A, I'm technically supporting them. Right. But I'm not like... In support of Chick-fil-A, like...
1: Right. I do think it gets a little messy, mm-hmm. obviously, and, like, also kind of just a little too much sometimes. Like, right. you can't be mad at everything, and you can't... It's just impossible to live your life that way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to be, like, so concerned about every minute detail that, right. like, it, it's just impossible. Yeah.
0: I think everything is so multifaceted and so nuanced. Like, yeah. that's why I, like... I guess stumbling like in my words like through talking because, because I'm having so many conflicting thoughts of mm-hmm. like well if I think right. that about Chick-fil-a then why do I think that about you know Kanye or why do I think of that about you know whatever yeah. and I agree with what you're saying right there is like you just you can't live your life that way like right. what I was saying earlier if you are gonna boycott then you ultimately have to boycott everything and you have to live off your own land
1: right right which I am not interested in doing right but Where I keep getting, I guess, like tripped up in my head in this conversation is like, um, like supporting, well, I guess support, like past artists versus present artists. Mm. Like, it's really easy for me to accept art that's been around forever. And like, I never was alive when the artist was alive. And so like, it feels kind of removed for me. Um, Not that I, think that every artist I still think that they could have been a, a very terrible person and have created amazing art mm-hmm. but like
0: yeah because you liking it is not financially supporting it right and liking it even if you somehow were financially supporting it right doesn't contribute to that person's livelihood because they're dead
1: right it's usually it's going to some sort of trust or yeah or whatever museum I don't right. know what wherever money goes to. (laughs) And, but like a present artist, it, it feels more like I'm watching it play out. And so like, it's more relevant to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I, that's where I get tripped up.
0: Yeah. And I I think that conversation is why we decided to even have this podcast. Yeah. Um, I think,
1: you know, what a good example. So let's talk about, well, Picasso, Sex baby, (laughs) we'll talk about Picasso. Mm -hmm. So, Part of the reason we decided to have this conversation is we watched this special on Netflix um, called Nanette by Hannah Gadsby, and it's amazing. Um, she's a stand-up comic. Comic? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like, is that right? Um, and it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I wouldn't. Well, you should just watch it regardless. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say it's like funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. It's, it's like
1: real and yeah. needed. And yeah. I think it brings a really interesting perspective to comedy um that not a lot yeah. of people talk about.
0: I didn't leave it thinking like, "Holy cow, that was absolutely amazing," but I left it thinking.
1: Yes, there's a lot of questions that she brings up right. that I think are very valid. Yeah. Um so it's absolutely amazing, but in that in that stand-up she talks about Picasso and she talks about um that like he was a terrible person. He he treated women awful he um you know slept with an underage girl when he was married and um just kind of like thought of women as objects very much so Mm -hmm. obviously um but he also introduced a very new way of painting right a new um, way of thinking about art a new way of thinking about art and um she was saying hannah was saying in her bit that uh you know Take or separate the art from the artist. Yeah, people can, tell me. Yeah, people say you you should do this and like you can accept the art, but not the artist and whatever. And she's like, okay, let's give it a go. You're not nobody is buying, what did she say? Geometric shapes, geometric doodles at an auction. They're buying an effing Picasso. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the name means something. Right. You she's know? like,
0: Okay, yeah, like if we're gonna Do this, then let's. Then we can strip Picasso off of his paintings and still be able to sell them for millions of dollars. But you can't. You can't because you're geometric doodles. Yeah, you're buying a Picasso. Mm -hmm. You're not buying a painting.
1: Right, and it's a true point. Yeah,
0: and at that point, whenever I heard it, I was like, that actually made me think because I I would have been in this. I I've been thinking about this a lot of just separating the mm-hmm. artist because I can I can enjoy the art and not agree with the artist. Um, and, you know, her, like, point on that of just, like, well, you know, separate the two. And mm-hmm. it's, like, but then uh, to counter Hannah's point, mm-hmm. I feel like that is separating Picasso the artist from Picasso the man.
1: I do think that's a fair point because, obviously, he was revolutionary in in art and in painting and what he created and i mean he cha- he just he changed the whole game you know um which deserves its recognition
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but i still think the fact remains that you can't separate him from his art like there is a reason that people want it it's because it's picasso
0: yeah, but is it? It's be, It's not because of Picasso the man, though. It's just because Picasso changed the game, and it's it's because Picasso is world renowned right. artist that brings social value to the space of art
2: mm-hmm.
0: and art collectors. Right. So, the paintings of Picasso changed the way we think about art, which changed art and as a whole. From everybody who ever painted after Picasso. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, he is a like pendulum shift um, mm-hmm. in the art world, um, which makes his work so valuable because it's such a big uh, name, I guess. Like yeah. it, it holds so much weight. weight and so much social value among that group. I feel like the reason anything, you know, like a piece of art would sell you know, for $3 million, whatever a Picasso would, would sell for is not because the person really, really likes the painting, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, like I'm saying,
0: it's because they, they want the social value
1: of a Picasso, of
0: owning a Picasso. Yeah. Like I own a Picasso. Right. Versus like, I mean, I've never been that wealthy, so I can't, (laughs) you know, ever even be in that mindset. Yeah. But And I understand, like, art is a good thing to put your money into, like, you know, taxes, whatever. Um, (laughs) But just taking all that aside, I, the way my mentality is, I just don't feel like I would ever care to spend that much money on an original, like, painting. Mm -hmm. Like, just because of the name attached to it, I would just want, I mean, like, if I like the painting, I can just buy a reproduction of it. Because I just like looking at it. like. But I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that really goes into this conversation. Yeah, I but. don't think
1: it is. But while we're at it, I would totally buy an original Van Gogh. Just throwing it out there.
0: But do you support <laughs> Van Gogh the man and everything mean, that Van Gogh ever stood for?
1: As far as I know, he didn't do anything like that, like yeah. Picasso. So it's fine. But let's just be honest here and say, if I had the chance to own a Picasso, I would. Oh yeah. I mean, let's. I, we can't deny that regardless of if he was an asshole or not. Like it's just the truth. Right. (laughs) Um, but that I think is the point is I can, I can do that because like, I didn't, I don't know. It's different for me. Like I can just like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I can look at that and say like, well, yeah, he was a douche, but also like it's Mm. a Picasso. Whereas like artists, like more current artists actually there's one that I really loved and supported, um, that, um, his name is Dallas Clayton and he got caught up in the Me Too movement and, um, somebody accused him of some sort of harassment or abuse. I am not even really sure, but he, there wasn't like a lot of information online about it. It kind of like came out and then he, just, like, turned off all everything on his socials, like, all comments and whatever, turned off everything and hasn't been back since. Mm. So I don't actually know, like... I mean, that kind of doesn't look great for you. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. he literally, the day that the article came out, he just, like, disappeared. So I don't know what that means. But I question now. Like, Mm -hmm. I I haven't posted any of his, like, really adorable, cute painting quote things. Mm -hmm. I haven't, you know read i have two of his books i haven't opened them um like i don't i don't really know how how i should uh, i like i don't know what my what i'm allowed to do and i you know you're allowed to do whatever you want but i mean i do feel like conflicted about it Mm -hmm. like i feel conflicted because mostly probably because of what he promoted he promoted very like happy good um like you are enough kind of things Mm -hmm. you know so like that with the like it was just like such an oxymoron to be like a promoter of like humanity and then like kind of be accused of like a really awful act against humanity, you Mm -hmm. know? So like it's conflicting and I feel conflicted by it. Um, but he's like an artist, a painter who like I supported and I, I don't know how I feel about him now, but like, Picasso, even though I know he was like a terrible human being or whatever, like I can look at his art. I love looking at his art. I love whenever I pass a Picasso in the museum and I'm like, ah, Picasso, you know, like Mm -hmm. I I can separate that somehow. But I think it's because I didn't live when Picasso was around and I didn't have to.
0: And to put that into perspective. Question it. One of the things that Hannah said, you know, that Picasso said, a quote from Picasso is that he should. (laughs) Is that he said, I should burn. Every woman that I have sex with.
1: Like once I'm done with once her. Once I'm
0: done with her. Um, because...
1: Burn a woman and you burn the past she represents.
0: Yes. And it's like, if anybody Ooh. said anywhere close to Ooh. that...
1: They would not be alive. You
0: know, today. You know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have another question on that. But mm-hmm. I think this is a good time to take a break and let you know about our sponsor. Betterhelp.com slash Jensen.
1: Yes, if you don't know, BetterHelp.com is an affordable private um, online counseling service, and they have unlimited access to um, licensed therapists. So it's super cool. Um, it's really simple. That like to sign up, all you have to do is like go on their website, BetterHelp.com/slash fill out the questionnaire. You get um, paired with a licensed therapist immediately, and you can begin counseling in like as quick as that day. Um, which is super awesome. The thing that I really love about it is um, face-to-face counseling typically can cost anywhere from like $150 to $250 per session, but BetterHelp can be as affordable as $35 a week, which is just amazing, um, and you get unlimited access to your counselor. So if you're just having like a really bad day, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're they're there for you, which is amazing. Um, you have to be 18 or older to use the service and just a reminder it is a counseling service not a crisis line
0: so if you want to check it out you can go to betterhelp.com/jensen and i really love partnering with betterhelp just to further uh, destigmatize counseling
1: yeah i'm a huge supporter of counseling yes cuz
0: it it is invaluable
1: saved my life
0: to, truthfully there you go yeah um, it's just invaluable to talk to somebody that's impartial and trained to be able to like hear what you have to say Mm -hmm. and give you wise advice. Yeah. So back to the conversation of Picasso. Picasso said this, these heinous things. Right. Um, so one question I have on that, and I don't know, I don't know what I feel either way. Mm -hmm. I just have this question of, should we retroactively apply the opinions Mm -hmm. and Um, enlightenment, I guess, of the modern era to the people of past times?
1: Right. I do think that's a valid question because obviously times were different, right? Um, But as a girl, I'm going to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's hard because I do appreciate that, you know, life was different and views were different Mm -hmm. and um, distribution of power was different um, it was very much a white, straight male's world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it doesn't really matter because there are stories spread or sprinkled throughout history of women who have just like stood up and like completely changed the game and like refused to be walked on. And, um, I think also like. It's hard for me. This is just a personal opinion here. I don't know. Like
0: This whole podcast is a personal opinion. (laughs) True. (laughs) But
1: I mean, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to really, I guess, kind of comprehend how a person can look at another person and think like, you are not worthy Mm -hmm. and you don't belong next to me. Mm -hmm. I think that's wild. Um, It's hard for me to comprehend that. So I think that's why I say yes, obviously, because they should have known. Like, every culture every gender every species every everything should just know that like we are all equal and it's wild to me that somebody who is um a man can look at a woman and say you don't know what you're doing mm-hmm. you are stupid you belong in the kitchen whatever it is like mm-hmm. they literally thought we had no brains like that's wild to me i i can't understand that so from that perspective i say yes we should retroactively mm-hmm. Um, but I do appreciate the times and like the technology available and the, like the progression of things. Mm -hmm. I get it.
0: Counter is not really the word I want to say, because I'm not saying that I'm right. Want to, I'm not like devil's advocate. Yeah. I'm not defending the the thought of the past, but what I want to say is you are coming to that opinion with. The with with the new perspective because even women at that time would not all women right and not all men back then either but right. it just I'm the general can like consensus the general time like even women believed that women were lesser yeah um, that they belonged or, at home right and maybe maybe lesser isn't even like the right word but you know basically both genders like believed in a uh In the traditional, you know, values of like the woman had her place, the man had his place and they operated within those thinking that that is where they were supposed to be. Right. And that stepping outside that was disrespectful to, you know, and obviously men were still like the superior being, you know, but it's like women believe that as well. Right. In, in, I in, mean, you know, you w- could certain argue- women would believe that in that time. And so it's like, and that is not because, it's because that is what it was nurtured. That's like what was taught to. Right you know, each of those generations and obviously each generation became a little bit different and a little bit, you know, progressed right. and progressed and progressed to, to to the point that we are today and we're not far removed even. I was going to say- I, well, I don't even know if we are removed You can yet.
1: apply that today because 53% of white females voted for Trump and that blows my mind. Right. You know, I, I can't understand how a girl would ever vote for him. Like, mm-hmm. and that's just a personal, like I, if you did, fine, like whatever, I just- Coming from you know my perspective, I don't mm-hmm. get it.
0: Yeah, because that even comes into the, the the same conversation of of separating the the man from the right. work,
1: right? You know, and, and now, like, that's what a lot of people have told me. Well, not a lot, that's right? But like, it's like
0: it. there are you know fifty three percent of women were were able to, I guess, like separate the words and actions of a disgusting man, right? Like, I don't have to, to believe. The, I don't have Political, to support
1: his words, but I support what he stands for right. as far as like the policies or whatever. Yeah.
0: Or I guess that some, you know, maybe even came at it as, I don't support the man at all, but I even less support the other option. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, um, I don't know. But anyways, just, but I, I agree with what you're saying though, that like it is um a little baffling
2: mm-hmm. to
0: like think about that a woman could hear a man say vile things about mm-hmm. her because when he speaks, he's speaking about women, so right. it's about he didn't her. Like,
1: yeah, you don't like point any one woman out, you yeah. talk about the whole gender,
0: right? <laughs> you it's know, like speaking about women, yeah, can hear that and then f- like it, set it aside and say, Well, right, you know, yeah, it whatever. baffles
1: me, I don't get it. Um, so. But I, yeah, I do think, I do think you have to appreciate like the times you were in, I guess, mm-hmm. but I don't think it changes the fact that some primarily men in the past, because it's always been a man's world, right? Like it's, they, domi- it's just, they dominate. It's an abuse
0: of power. Right. Like,
1: I, d- I don't want to like, I don't want to come off like I'm just hating men because that's not true. But the truth is, is that men have dominated right.
0: in the, it, history. It's all abuse of power. And throughout history- Men have been the ones who have wielded the power,
1: right? So, like, I, like, um, I, I think that it's still like looking at Picasso, like in particular, like I still think it's fair to say, like, he should have known better than to be misogynist and then than to say these things about these girls or to even like approach underage girls, like that. That shouldn't have been a thing. He sh- like even back then, like it wasn't. It was what in the twenties, I think. Um.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would eat because she, the underage girl, was seventeen. Yeah, and I don't feel that it. Yeah, but
1: he was forty-two and married. Okay,
0: I'm. Yeah, that is whatever. Like you know. Yeah. That is what it is. Yeah. But to say that a seven, like he approached a seventeen-year-old in the twenties, you know. Yeah. It's like it's it's barely taboo to approach a seventeen-year-old now. Like it's only it's not even taboo. It's just illegal. Like. Like, if you, I mean, that's true. A 43 year old man, like, I'm not talking about that. I'm just that separate. But let's just say you and I, we are one year apart. You know, it's like, you know, if like I was 18 and you were 17, we were at one point, 17, 18. That's different. But like,
1: yeah, I know. know, But like, in my head, 42 and 17 is so different than like a few years apart. I just, he could have been her father.
0: No, I, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Separate, like not talking about the Picasso situation right now, but like, because yeah. you're applying the grossness of a 40 year old man being with anybody that young.
1: Yeah. That's a really big age gap.
0: Um, yes. <laughs> Very big is uh, an understatement. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying like to, to be up in arms about him approaching an underage girl no, who's just... 17 at, in the twenties, like, I just feel like.
1: I just that, think it shows. I just feel like that
0: doesn't. That is not uh, looking at it through the lens of the time. That is looking at it through the lens of your life.
1: No, I just think it shows his character that he was forty-two and married and approached, or I don't yes. even know if he approached, but willingly and and knowingly had an affair with a seventeen-year-old girl. Right. I think that shows his character.
0: Yeah. Uh, regardless, even if she was twenty-one, right, and he was like, right. you know, forty-three but if and married looking, and approaching like this, you know young woman.
1: Yeah. But if you're looking at like present day artists, so let's say, you know, sexual scandals aside, <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're just like a I don't know, I think mm, I just go back and forth every single time because I was about to ask a question and then I changed my my own mind. Um because I was about to say like um you know if they're just a controversial character or whatever. But then i love the fact that art is controversial that's the whole point it asks questions it challenges things um and you can only do that if the artist is willing to challenge it so Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe it's okay but but i i maybe it's subjective yeah (laughs) maybe it like art is subjective
0: yeah And, and i think like you said like art at the end of the day, when it's really doing its job, yeah. it's challenging somebody.
1: Yeah. Well, isn't that the, the quote is, I think it's about art. It says art challenges the disturbed yeah. and disturbed. No, challenges the comfortable.
0: Well, Wait. yeah, we, we actually, we've talked, we've actually mentioned this quote on the podcast, I think twice now, but, oh, um,
1: disturbs the comfortable and comforts the disturbed. Right. That's what it says.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what, that's what good art like does. Yeah. You know, it it comforts the disturbed and disturbs the comfortable. Yeah. And not only art, but I think, well, I guess you could say it's a form of art, but even in um, protesting or, like, right. in standing up for something that is right. So I think a perfect example of this is the uh, Colin Kaepernick, like, you know, NFL football player who... Oh, the
1: kneeling. You
0: know, chose to... Um, to bring light to the social injustice in against civil way. against the black community in america you know for uh, uh, it, with pl- police brutality right and he chose to express himself
2: mm-hmm.
0: in a way um that <laughs> um very much so disturbed the yes. comfortable and yes. still does still does that and that's that's like I think why it was so perfect and why it was Mm -hmm. so good and like, you know, and, and very respectful, like, because he, he started it with, um, you know, just sitting down. Then he talked to somebody who was a actual, you know, veteran and said, Hey, like if you want to protest, it would actually be a really, a good way to protest. This would be Mm -hmm. to kneel because kneeling is a sign of respect and you would, you know, portray your message. And so he did that, but still, because of the group of people who are watching an NFL game mm-hmm. and don't want to be presented with the social injustices of the world that they are trying to ignore, mm-hmm. it very much disturbs them mm-hmm. and it put, gets them up in arms and then they make the entire scenario about something else so that they can make themselves feel better right. um, because now that it's about the anthem and not about racism... Mm -hmm. They can throw him out and say, no, you cannot disrespect my country. It's like, well, he is an American and you're disrespecting him and you're disrespecting
1: freedom, an entire
0: (laughs) community in this country.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think that like good art, good activism, good, like, you know, whatever it is, I I, I just love that visual image of like those Disturbs the comfortable, but comforts the disturbed. Like, I I just, I really like it.
1: But then that still doesn't necessarily answer if you can separate the art from the artist. Or maybe it does. Maybe you can't. Maybe you can't.
0: I mean, I I honestly don't know because I think some people can, some people can't. Like, I think that's the thing is that in there are some instances where you can, some instances where I can, because we all have these triggers and we all have, you know, our things, right. You know, there are some things that you see that you're like, that really bothers me. You know, basically that offends me. Yeah. And I look at it. I'm like, why would you be offended by that? Yeah. But then there are things that maybe I see that I'm like, how could you possibly, you know, X, Y, Z. And you're like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. You know, like, obviously
1: they can, because Right.
0: I think just like this podcast, this podcast is about asking the questions. Mm -hmm. And I think these are questions that are only answered as individuals. Right. Because I think there are some of us who can separate the art from the artist. And there are, I think, even more so certain instances in each one of us where sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. It depends on what it is and how it was. So I had another question, though. Yeah. I don't, again, this is just asking a question. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think there should be a statute of limitations on the outrage of somebody's wrongdoing, specifically like let's let's say with me too so mm-hmm. um so whenever the Kevin Spacey can't thing came out, and you know the initial news was mm-hmm. just the very, very first instance that was like,
1: and it was only that for days,
0: right yeah, it was like
1: it was like thirty years ago, thirty
0: plus years ago, yeah um that this you know situation had happened. And we, I, you know, when I heard the news, I only knew about that one. Right. And I didn't know anything else. Right. And in that moment, I remember feeling like, well, I mean, it was, it was 30 years ago. Like it wasn't, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I was just, I remember having the feelings of it was so long ago. yeah. Like why, why would we like not allow somebody to reconcile, but also change. And right. like, like, I understand there's a legal right. statute of limitations, but is there, a, right, should there be a statute of limitations of outrage? And, and like, I don't know. Uh,
1: How much do we punish a person for something Yeah, they socially? Yeah. I feel like we talked about this a little bit in a past episode on, it was about redemption and grace, but we talked about these, like up and coming actors who are like, working on these movies or whatever. And then like a Twitter video from when they were like 12 comes out mm-hmm. and then it like completely ruins their opportunity. And they're like shunned from the internet cast out of the movie, you know, all these things. Um, I don't feel like that's fair. I feel like, I feel like, you know, you're young
2: mm-hmm.
1: and stupid for a long time, a right. lot of your life. And not that that equates like sexual abuse by any means, right. but I do think, you know, like there is that, it happens like without any sort of abuse. Like it happens just because somebody like said something offensive when they were 12 and now we all live on the internet. So you can't get away from it. You Mm -hmm. know? Um, I don't think that's fair. I think that you should, I think it should be obvious that people change from the time they're young and stupid. till they're an adult. Mm -hmm. I think that's crazy. Um, but as far as like Kevin Spacey specifically, I remember, Gosh, I hate saying. Well, I don't hate saying this. I'm nervous to say it because I don't want anybody to think that I don't, I don't agree with mm-hmm. the Me Too movement because that's not true. Um, I remember when it when the very first story came out, um, that he abused a kid who was in the same play as him or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like 30 years ago at a after party at his house or whatever. Um, and there was like a lot of drinking and a lot of whatever. And but the kid was, uh, he was 14. So, like, my initial, I guess I would say, like, defense, because I really didn't want to believe it about Kevin Spacey. I, mm-hmm. was, I was really sad about it. My initial defense was, like, well, are we not going to talk about why a 14-year-old was partying? But that's not, the, that doesn't matter. I know mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, but that was my original <laughs> thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my next thought was, okay, what if it was 30 years ago? Like, then what? Like, and, again, for several, I think it was, like, two two or three days maybe mm-hmm. like there weren't any other stories that came out and um he Kevin Spacey released a statement saying like I don't remember this at all but if I did anything then I feel like or like I apologize like I, I never meant to you know whatever um and he's the only one at that time like when all of that st- all the people were coming out he's the only one who had released like an apology statement and mm-hmm. I thought that that showed character Again, I understand there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that we will never see. Like, it could have been a PR move. I don't know. But I initially I was like, that shows character, I mm-hmm. think, saying like, I don't remember it. But if I did something, I it, sorry, you know, and I, I remember thinking that. And then um, I remember thinking like, what? It's 30 years. Like, I again, there's a legal limitation. I get that. But like, immediately, Netflix dropped him mm-hmm. immediately before they had even investigated anything before any of the other stories came out um, his his agency dropped him Netflix dropped him like everyone because again we're in we're living in a time where you have to cover your own you mm-hmm. know and like you have to make sure you're safe right. and you're not attached to this name right yeah. but like it could have Again, I understand it wasn't, but it could have been a lie. like it mm-hmm. could have been a made up story and then everyone was just like, Kevin Spacey's awful. Let's just drop him. Mm-hmm. He, you don't know that. And so like that was really kind of like my where I came from. I was like I I totally am in support of like coming out and like telling your stories and like accusing somebody who did I'm your the accuser is always. I think should be assumed correct until, um, investigated. Like, I think that you shouldn't assume that they're lying, you know, mm-hmm. but I also don't believe in burning someone at the stake before we know the truth. So yeah, I, I don't know where I fall on that.
0: Yeah. Because there's always, I mean, I don't want to, I was going to say like, cause there's always like two sides to a story. Um, but that doesn't diminish one side's truth. Not
1: at all. Not at all. And I actually think a really good example, and again, I don't think any of us really know the truth about any of these stories, but a a good example of that was James Franco and the uh, accusations that came against him. And he went on, I think it was Stephen Colbert, the night after Mm -hmm. that, that happened. And Stephen Colbert asked him about it. And James Franco had a really good response, I thought. He said like, you know like i don't feel like i did anything wrong but i'm not here to diminish her truth mm-hmm. i'm not here to diminish her story i think that everyone should be able to speak what they feel happened what they feel is truth and you know i'm not i'm not here to pretend like she doesn't feel that way
2: mm-hmm. and
1: i think that is that was brilliant to me again could have been a pr move i don't know but it was brilliant yeah and um i think that's that's what we're saying right like I'm not by any means going to diminish anybody's story and anybody's truth and anybody's what happened to them I think that it is valid and it is real and it should be talked about I also don't believe in burning people at the stake though like I I don't believe in just assuming that somebody comes out with a story and now we have to just completely ruin somebody's entire life like I don't believe in that either I think that there's I don't know, a middle ground somewhere. Yeah. And maybe that's the same with art. Maybe, maybe there's a middle ground somewhere. And like, just because the artist can be someone who doesn't mesh well with you. (laughs) Right. Doesn't mean that they can't create art that is relevant to you.
0: So uh, this is a question I had about like, with what you're saying and with like Dallas Clayton specifically, Mm -hmm. does the actions of the artist, so does the actions of Dallas diminish the message that he was portraying, like, was putting out there. Like, if you yeah. were walking down the street, <clears throat> what was one of his, like, sayings, like, that you would see?
1: Think about somebody you love. Yeah. Um, so, and, like, things like that.
0: So it, think about somebody you love. Yeah. If, if you were walking down the street and you saw this painting mm-hmm. that said, think about something, someone you love, it made you think about someone you love, and then you, you know, it, it caused something – to yeah, stir inside I of you. would it, love it. I it, would take a photo. It, you of know, it. it did it did its job. As, you know, its message. Right. Does the actions of the artist now? Does it diminish the actual message of the art, or does the art stand alone from the artist?
1: I don't know because, <clears throat> again, I'm really conflicted by him now. Like I'm conflicted by the things that he's put out. I'm questioning if he even thought them, and I don't think that he didn't. I I think that he did. I think you can only create art that you believe in. Right. So I think he believed it. Um, I think he, it wanted to spread a positive message. Um, but there's something in me that's like, well, all of that is useless now. Like all mm. of it is void. I don't know.
0: Okay. Again, I, I question, why do you feel that way, but don't feel that way about Kevin Spacey's past work?
1: Why it's not void? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's void or not. I haven't really thought about whether I would go back and watch something.
0: I mean, I guess. But I. I, Because I guess it's because the art is different because Kevin Spacey is an actor Mm -hmm. in something that Aaron Sorkin wrote. Right. And like. I was going to say that. He is portraying a character in a story that is you, that, that you really like. Yeah. Versus art is like wearing your heart in your sleeve and it's like taking who you are and putting it on something. Right. And so I guess I could see where you would like be conflicted in that way.
1: Yeah. I, um, I do think that it's, it's messy and confusing. And I think maybe even like more so in like today, Mm -hmm. it's not just like the art, but it's literally everything about the artist. Like like, I guess, kind of what you were saying, can you separate the artist from the man? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's the question we have to ask. Because we're all, like, we all have things that, like, right. we'd rather not anybody know about. Mm-hmm. And, like, things we're not proud of. Or, like, whatever. Insecurities. Right. Whatever. Thoughts that we prefer to stay in our head. <laughs> like um, But does that make what what we can create less than? I don't think so.
0: So... I want to kind of tell a story and get back to different people's perspectives on the same thing regarding our first few years of marriage. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, But before we get into that, I want to remind you that our podcast is also sponsored by our new merch, which you can check out. At shop.codyjensen.com. If you're watching this right now, I'm actually wearing one of the shirts currently. Uh, it says, Deeply Curious, which I wrote and then put it on a shirt. Yeah, um, you
1: can own Cody's handwriting. You can. You can own it.
0: It'll be yours. The art.
1: The you art. Can, you can
0: own my art. So Just if,
1: make sure you like him as a person. Right.
0: <laughs> can you separate the art from the artist? Um, again, you can check out uh, our merch by going to shop.codyjensen.com. Okay, so... I was thinking earlier, it just came back around to my brain. Um, yeah. I was thinking earlier when we are talking about just people, you know, talking about other people's truth. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the reasons that one of the life experiences that I have gone through that makes me, I guess, empathize
2: mm-hmm.
0: with um, stories that I hear of, you know, somebody saying like, you know, this happened and then the other person saying like, Wait, what? I mm-hmm. that is n- not what I thought happened, like at all. Yeah. Um. And like you, you from the outside, you know, you may hear a story. Let's say, you know, st- sticking with the hot button uh, mm-hmm. of me too. Or um,
1: burying ourselves right. here.
0: Um, and you know, somebody accuses, you know, like he was like, I don't know, like you know, coming on to me, and like you know, like all what? Go ahead.
1: Well, I would say a really good example, I think, is. Uh, Justin Trudeau is that the Canada yes. prime minister? Right. Um, that happened to him. Mm-hmm. Like a woman came out recently and said, like twenty years ago or something, he like touched her boob or something. A, yeah, I don't. Even
0: think she, I, I don't think she specifically said. Oh uh, well, what anyway, body she
1: d- she did not appreciate he like came on to her of some sort. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Anyway, he was like, I don't recall at, yeah. at all. Like. I think, eh, whatever, he had a statement that was whatever, yeah. good. But then he, at the end of it, he said, like, but I do appreciate that my experience can be completely different than what somebody else exper- is experiencing mm-hmm. in the same moment. It can be completely different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So just, I guess, in those situations, mm-hmm. it, I feel like if you've never experienced this, you can look at that and be like, and not really... um empathize be able to see it from that perspective and you just like how how could you not how could you not see it that way like that Mm -hmm. you're doing you know something and so for us like a personal story let's get real Mm -hmm. like our first I don't know was it two years of marriage like I from my perspective I thought was great Mm
2: -hmm. like
0: I I didn't think we really had like hardly any issues like yeah. we like you know we obviously had regular like marriage like you know right, like arguments you fight, like, right? yeah like I mean you just, live together it's yeah. like you there's just things you have bad days things annoy you, you you know whatever but I mean generally though yeah like we never we didn't have like screaming matches or like right anything like that it was all very like civil to me like in like at, at the you know year one year anniversary like if somebody would have like asked me you know I was like how your first year of marriage, I right hear that's hard. I would have been like, no, like it was surprisingly easy. Like mm-hmm. it was so amazing. Same thing with second year. I would have said second year was uh, a little more difficult than, than first year. But I mean, ultimately though, like we mm-hmm. have like a really good marriage, like, and I feel like really good about this.
2: Yeah.
0: That would have been my perspective. Yeah. And then speaking of better help and speaking of counseling, <laughs> we like, well, I don't know. What was that? Like year five or something. Something. Um, yeah. We went to, um, you know, uh, we hired a marriage um, th- counselor, um, mm-hmm. you know, so we could, like, continue a a path to health and, like, yeah. you know, growth and, like, become, you know, healthier people and um, work out any sort of, like, issues and things like that. And through that experience, I learned Sarah's perspective, Sarah's true perspective in yeah. that. And I... I cannot even begin to express in words how I mean mind blown emoji (laughs) would be the exact like the express like boom like my I was just like what yeah I felt
1: like I was drowning yeah it was like the worst and not necessarily I mean I I do think like. We obviously didn't know how to communicate. Like we were eighteen, mm-hmm. like we had no idea what we were doing. Um, so like that was an issue, obviously, which I think turns into other issues. Like if you can't communicate, then everything breaks down, right? But I, it was maybe it had to do with communication. Now that I'm thinking about, it. I don't know. Anyway, I, it was like more of like I guess the expectations mm-hmm. that just like threw me off a bridge like I I was drowning I hated it Mm -hmm. I hated it (laughs) for a lot of years not that I hated I I know that sounds bad but like I didn't hate you but I don't I think that like what I I I want I didn't want to be married Mm -hmm. but not because of you Mm -hmm. does that make sense
0: yeah because I don't not to say that it wasn't my fault because it was absolutely in part like my fault for putting things on you, you know, right? Like, just like it
1: was my fault for not communicating what I expected either, like,
0: yeah, it, but then it was also just we weren't, you know, ultimately we were not properly equipped right. to be married, um, right. because we were 18 and 19. Um, one, I mean, that's like there's
1: yeah. You, know, you but, think this is fairy tale romance. It was yeah, not.
0: Yeah, like there's there's step one, like you're 18 yeah. and 19, like I don't think any 18 or 19 year old is actually going to be fully properly equipped to be married. Right. But then two, we were so compatible and so in love at that time. <laughs> we were we are, you know, we but anyways, you know, at that it's like We were
1: compatible out of the tests you take for premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. 9 out of 11. We were like high compatibility, Mm -hmm. which is unheard of. Like that's insane. And so people were like, Oh, you're good.
0: Yeah. You're amazing. And like the two things that we like scored or lower in were, uh, sexual expectations and conflict resolution. And they were like, well, I mean, that's to be expected. I mean, you've never had sex before. Right. And you're young. And well, I mean, not even being young, like conflict resolution and communication is like the number one, like growth opportunity for every relationship. Nobody's ever,
1: ever compatible in that. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, but that aside, essentially we were looked at as like this dream couple. Right. And so instead of people asking us hard questions mm-hmm. and uh, challenging us in, in giving us growth opportunities and, you know, ways that we can improve and communicate right. and all this type of stuff, we were basically just like, y'all are awesome. Get married,
1: go right ahead.
0: And so, you know, we, we, did and we absolutely i mean i don't regret it at all right um and would you like to put Correct. put in there that you don't regret it um,
1: <laughs> i said right
0: i will you said you said right you don't regret it oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: um anyways
1: point is is that same situation same experience completely different
0: right I mean, I came away from our first two years of marriage thinking we, we had this in the bag. And like, I came we away, like, crying. <laughs> and <laughs> crying literally. Literally. Just not in front of me.
1: Yeah. But again, that's, like, the expectations thing. I People just put a lot of expectations on a girl when she gets married. And, mm. like, I was so not about that. And, um, like a really, oh, thing that I struggled with for a long time. And like, this wasn't you at all, but it was actually, it was outside expectations. Everyone called me, oh, you're Cody's wife. Mm -hmm. Like, no, my name is Sarah. Thank you very much. Don't call me Cody's wife, Sarah. I'm Sarah. And I understand that that's just like the society that we live in or whatever it is. But it, it bothered me. Like it, it like messed with my, cause I'm a person who like, Whose identity is like, especially back then, but like my, if you've listened to our podcast, the Enneagram type, Mm -hmm. I struggle to keep an identity and everyone was calling me a wife. And everyone was calling me, like, these things that I had never identified with before. And I I still didn't identify with. Mm -hmm. Um, I still don't identify with. I would say I am, like, the least wifey wife on the planet. I (laughs) I don't, I very much don't care about, like, the wife duties. Like, not at all. Um, And so, like, everyone was calling me Cody's wife, and I lost, like, who I was in that, you know? Right.
0: Sarah was lost in being caught up in Cody's wife.
1: Right. Right. And so there was all of that. And then like literally the expectations of like, oh, you have to like clean the house and whatever, which I still don't do. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I talked to so many people, so many, I exaggerate all the time. I talked to like two people, And I asked them, I was like, how do you like keep up with, how do you keep up with a full-time job and how do you clean the house and how do you cook and how do you do it with a smile on your face? Like, I don't, I really don't understand, Mm -hmm. you know? And somebody said, somebody told me one time, they're like, well, it it makes my husband happy, so I do it. And I just remember (laughs) that face. I, I remember going, uh, what? That's not what I signed up for. like I didn't I didn't sign up to like make my husband happy. Not that I don't want to make him happy, but I don't want to be obligated to make him happy. And I don't want to, which I know like marriage, like I, I understand what marriage is, but like also, I mean, this is just not me. Like, it's, it's not who I am. I, I am not a person who sits around and, like, cleans and cooks because I know it'll make you happy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's not it at all. We will share all responsibilities. <laughs> but for the first several years, that wasn't an option. You know, like, nobody was saying, like, well, you don't have to do all the cooking and cleaning.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: don't have to whatever. Like, he can take care of himself. Like, that's not what anybody was telling me. Right. And so, like, who I was got completely lost and that was the worst. That was the thing that like I just, see, I tear up still because I remember how it felt. Mm-hmm. And um, it was awful. It was, it was awful. I hated it. But I couldn't, I didn't know how to say any of it until we went to counseling. And then like, because I went on my own for a while and like talked all of this stuff out. And actually realized that it wasn't you I was resentful at. Even though like I do think. Like, our, we had miscommunications, and, like, we had our own issues that we had to work through. Um, but I thought, like, I resented you, but, like, you're not the one who made me get married, you know? Like, you're not the one who put all of those on me. Um, so I learned that through counseling, and so now I can look back and, like, not completely hate our first years of marriage because I know that it was, like, something completely different, like, a personal thing that I was, like, didn't know how to navigate. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But yeah, completely different truths.
0: Yeah. And like coming away from that, like um, it was like Sarah, you know, very much like was resentful of me and me not even knowing that I did anything.
1: Yeah, which made it so much worse.
0: Because like I'm sitting here like thinking things are great, Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it, we hadn't learned how to communicate. And so mm-hmm. it was never communicated to me that I was doing something hurtful or wrong. Right. And, you know, so it's like all of that, you know, to say like there really is two truths in a story.
1: Oh, yeah. That's where I was like, why are we talking about this again? <laughs> I literally could not, I could was like, how does this have to do with art? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, there are. There are two truths to every story, and it doesn't diminish one party's story by any means.
0: That being said, one person's, you know, truth may be factually incorrect, but it doesn't negate the way they felt.
1: Right. Yeah, like you, like, yeah.
0: Because you can come away from something with a very strong feeling and... Uh, through perspective or through time, the actual facts of the event can change in your mind on, I'm saying on both sides. I'm not saying right, like right, right. accuser or the, or the uh, accused. Um, I'm saying like in, in every scenario ever, yeah. you, 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 you actually, you talked about this in a couple of podcasts ago. Do you remember the feeling? Mm-hmm. You don't remember the, like the actual thing. And mm-hmm. we had an argument, um, about
1: uh, on memories. Yes. On memories.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, I mean, I just think that you have to look at, you have to question things. You have to look right. at things from, you know, other perspectives and, and with empathy mm-hmm. and also talk to people.
1: Yeah. I don't even know how to steer that back to the conversation right. of, of this podcast. So there's that. Yes.
0: Well, we're, we're also over time anyway. Um, so we can uh, end it on a heavy note. Yes. <laughs> Um, but I think that is, I think ultimately though, that's out of this whole podcast. I feel like that is the most valuable thing Mm -hmm. that that we talked about, um, because I think it's real. Um, and I think that that perspective of like the hurt and pain that you felt in that moment versus the obliviousness of my moment. Right. Um, and then also I, uh, we had no plans of talking about this. Yeah. Um, in this podcast, um, and it's not, you know, and it wasn't meant to be a plug, Yeah. but we did, you know, th- th- through counseling and through talking to people, Yeah. like that is how we were able, you know, to come to those realizations.
1: Right. And create like a, a really good plan of action. And it's why we're in New York now.
0: Right. We're in New York now. Also, I mean, um, I will, I guess I'll speak for myself and you may <laughs> say, yeah, um, <laughs> That, I mean, now we, I think both of us feel that our marriage is the best it's ever been. And it constantly is getting, you know, you know, richer and richer. Mm -hmm. Um, And that we like fall in love with each other more like every day.
1: Yeah. Maybe not every day, but yeah. (laughs) Every quarter. (laughs) Some days you're really hard to be around
0: ditto just kidding. <laughs> just kidding my love
1: but this is not a marriage counseling podcast so
0: right um but we are uh brought to you by a counseling service um very
1: happy to be partnering with them yes they're amazing
0: um so if you we're gonna end there uh, um <laughs> we're over time um yeah. but we i feel like that was a really valuable conversation um Just as a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by Hint Water. You can check out Hint by going to hint.co slash deeply curious. Fantastic flavored Mm. water. Um, Also brought to you by betterhelp.com slash Jensen. A really valuable service um, just talking to somebody and getting these things out. You know, I mean, I think unintentionally this whole last segment was an ad for counseling yeah um and if you are interested in you know counseling services and you want to check uh one of them out betterhelp.com slash jensen betterhelp.com slash jensen is that what i said yeah okay well i'll say it a third time betterhelp.com slash jensen <laughs> also brought to you by our merch you can check that out by going to shop.codyjensen.com we would love it to walk down the street and see you guys repping some deeply curious merch or we also have a few pieces that say love harder because if you haven't recognized if you've listened to more than just this podcast yeah we believe that you should work hard but you need to love harder amen okay well <laughs> wrapping this one up we will uh see you uh, next week
1: bye